Welcome to the Christmas Day edition of From the Ground Up. Thank you guys so much for being here. What I want to do is talk about why I sell the t-shirts. So as you guys know, I've been talking about the t-shirts in the beginning of every episode for a little bit now, you know, maybe a few weeks, but I never really explained why we're doing it. So we don't feel like monetizing the um, podcast as far as um, we may consider putting ads on it in the future or something like that. I won't say we'll never do that, but Quite frankly, um, we don't mind doing it just right out of our pocket and bringing it to you for free and everything like that. But the shirts give us a way to, you know, maybe recoup some of the money that we put into the podcast, into the YouTube channel, things like that. So, I mean, that will be a way to support us and get something in return. So, I mean, I don't really want to do something like Patreon or I know you guys probably don't trust that at this point because whoever starts a Patreon account doesn't seem to uh, follow through on anything anymore. So uh, that's not a dig on anyone in particular, by the way. I'm just saying in general, like people don't want to pay for something when they're not in control of the outcome or getting a product. So I want to make sure that you guys can, you know, pay for something and receive it. So That's why I want to do the t-shirts because I just feel like it's a more fruitful venture for you guys because you can get a cool shirt out of it and support the podcast. And, um, you know, it just means a lot to me to consider looking at portcitypythons.com and checking out our t-shirts. So uh, thank you guys. And let's get to this very interesting episode where I have to talk to myself into the microphone for like... 30 minutes and sorry if it's a little bit awkward but I want to go through some of the things that happened this year and some of the people that have been brought into our lives this year through the podcast through YouTube through all this shit um hope this someone maybe it entertains you on the way going to or from your uh in-laws house and I know you hate you know your mother-in-law and shit like that hopefully this uh, makes your day a little bit brighter or it makes you more angry. I don't know. Thanks, guys. So I know that I said I would be back next week, last week. So I'm coming to you on Christmas Day. Thank you guys so much. Whoever is listening to this, um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Um, I'm just so thankful. If you give enough shits to listen to my voice right now, that means a lot to me. I mean, it's been a really crazy year. So what I'm going to do is go through and thank all the guests that we've had on this year, where we started this year, and where we've ended up at the end of the year, and where we are going forward. So what I'm going to do first, like I said, is talk about all the guests. So first of all, I'd like to thank Evan Browder from Carpet Cartel. He was our first guest on the podcast. When we first really started bringing guests on, that's when this podcast took off. In the beginning, we were really just trying stuff out, and you know, it wasn't great. But uh, the numbers really started coming up. The more people we had on, the more, you know, different things we tried out, different subject matter. And Evan, I mean, it seems like when I first started in the reptile community, um, or at least for the first few years, even though I was producing animals and selling animals, I didn't really have any good friends. And um, I always felt kind of alone in this reptile game. 
And um, so now I feel like through the podcast and everything, you know, I've built so many relationships with people. I mean, that's why I would always urge someone to just get out there, get out of your comfort zone, do a podcast, start a YouTube channel. And um, there's definitely people who reach out to me. How do I start a YouTube channel? How do I start a podcast? Um, Honestly, guys, all you do is just do it. There's nothing else but to just do it. There's no perfect microphone. There's no perfect camera. There's no perfect anything. What camera do I use? Well, the one that you're going to use. I mean, I could have started my YouTube channel on my cell phone and it would have been the same shit because in the beginning, no one's even watching. So it doesn't matter. As the podcast, the same thing. You're not starting a morning radio show that is going to be broadcast out to the world in their cars. You're starting with you and a microphone maybe talking to someone else and who knows if anyone's even going to listen. It doesn't matter. You start and then you adjust from there because you know, you you're not going to be great at anything when you first start out. So just do it first and then adjust on the fly and you know, ask for feedback and stuff like that and move forward. I mean, just really do it. So if anyone's thinking about starting anything this year, this coming year, I know January 1st is coming up and people, um, you know, have New Year's resolutions or whatever the hell they do, please just do it. And it doesn't matter what equipment you have. It doesn't matter if you have any equipment. Um, I don't have a big setup for anything, whether it be YouTube or the podcast. Um, just do it, man. So make this the year that you start things, whether it be a YouTube channel, whether it be, you know, breeding animals, everything like that. Make this the year that you start and you go through on your promises. If you say you're going to do something, do it. And then it's not that hard, honestly, man, to do one podcast a week or if you say you're going to do it once a month, do it once a month. Just do it. And I mean, what is that? Uh, you're taking an hour out of your day to talk into a microphone or create a relationship with someone that you haven't talked to before as far as, um, you know, a keeper and learn new things and be curious and ask questions to them and just learn. I mean, that's just so invaluable. And so don't be afraid to go into that void where, you know, you release, you put yourself out there. I know it's really, really nerve wracking sometimes. And it can be a little uncomfortable. I mean, things that are uncomfortable are exactly what you should be doing. I mean, that is a sign always that you're moving forward. If things are uncomfortable, you may have never done it before. That's cool because you're going to build that skill and you can build on it as far as um, talking into a microphone, freaking being on a video camera, stuff like that. Um, things come back to you in spades. Even if, you know, it's not going to be successful at first. It takes patience. Um, you know, I don't deem that. Um, we've been a great success this year in all of the things we have done, but we started at zero. So where we are now is better than zero. And then just be consistent. I mean, in our podcast is fucking, uh, just one episode of Narcos. Instead of watching the whole season of Narcos, take one episode out to fucking do a podcast. Now let's get back to the guests. So Evan Browder. Um, you know, I consider him a great friend. He's the one who is enabling me tomorrow. I'm going to be going home for Christmas ish what's going to be my Christmas, which is after, you know, December 26th. I'm actually recording this on Christmas. And so Evan's actually going to be taking care of our dog while we're gone and looking after stuff and making sure stuff doesn't go awry, you know, because we have a bunch of animals in brumation and also we have, you know, just our regular animals that are still up and 
Evan's going to be taking care of the dog. Plus, I mean, I didn't know Evan that well until, um, you know, I had him over for the podcast. And I mean, I had met him in person and stuff like that. But, you know, he's just such a um, we could get off and talk about crazy shit forever. And I mean, people love uh, I think love his episodes just because, you know, he doesn't mind speaking his mind. And now for um, the next guy is Ryan Sullivan, which is someone who I just met this year. I actually met him through Evan. And um, Ryan is really the first guy that I met that was local to me that really did reptiles for a living. And, you know, it was a really big turning point for me because he's like, in during our podcast, he's it doesn't matter. You know, I wouldn't consider myself rich but if I can make a teacher salary breeding snakes I think that's a pretty damn good life and I mean that is a big deal because you know we all want to do what we love for a living but I don't think you can always expect to get rich out of it but I mean start somewhere I mean he's still young I'm still young you're still young no matter how the hell old you are and you know you can still make a decent living doing this and doing what you love and um it's really been great. Um, he allows me, you know, to sit behind his table all day and talk to him and just look at how he interacts with customers. And, you know, he does really good at the shows because he talks to the customers. He answers the questions. He has all the kids hold snakes and all of his snakes are super tame, which is crazy because he has retics. And I've never really um, been around retics too much, but I've learned a lot since I've met him and just... A crazy amount of knowledge in the fact that you know I don't keep retakes or anything like that but you can take so many things away from someone who doesn't even keep what you keep necessarily next up we had Mark Hager Mark is just a super cool guy he is um, definitely a good representative of someone who is very serious about green tree pythons very serious about you know, lineage and the history of green tree pythons and always trying to improve how he's keeping them. All he keeps is green tree pythons and um, just the passion you can have for one animal and go really deep in that one, you know, that one area to where, you know, he's just keeping green tree pythons. We all get very distracted and keep all different species and stuff like that. But um, I really look up to him and the fact that he has been able to you know, boil it down to what he really, really loves. And, you know, he's just in the beginning stages. He would say, you know, he's been keeping these, you know, he has animals just coming up on breeding, breeding age. So he's been able to raise up some really cool animals. So hopefully he, um, I haven't seen him pairing up any animals this year. Maybe it will be next year, but I hope him luck in all the breeding of green trees. Next up, we have Austin Warwick um, from Ragebeard Reptiles, who keeps carpets pop wins i guess if you keep if you call bread lie carpets which i do and um we got to talk a lot about you know some of his line breeding stuff and bread lie and some of the things he wants to happen in the future and picking up pop win python so uh he's another guy who's pretty focused as far as what he's producing every year are bread lie you know he's not producing a million animals he's you know producing one clutch of bread lie or He's trying to go into, uh, I believe it's Brisbane's and stuff like that. And he just has very amazing examples of these animals and is breeding them and line breeding them to, you know, just create amazing offspring and stuff like that. You know, he's really condensed 
his collection down to amazing animals and producing amazing animals. And uh, he has a lot of locality stuff. I believe he has inlands and Brisbane's and uh, like a Papuan python. And he has a few things, but it's really um, very focused. And also the next episode, we had Dave Perlich. Dave Perlich keeps, um, you know, Moralia. He keeps scrubs. He keeps some colubrids. And um, it's cool. Someone actually commented that, you know, Dave's episode is the reason why they got into carpet pythons, which is just awesome. So I think that's really important to expose people to all these different kinds of snakes. And I mean, people that are super knowledgeable, Dave keeps um, most of his animals ambient temperature. So we talked about that a bit and we talked about, you know, different localities of carpets and scrubs and all that and just the overall passion people have for these animals no matter what they work with is just amazing so um, next up we actually had dr travis wyman who was the first um, guest we had on via you know youtube live remotely so it was a super uh, learning experience on our end but it was also one of our top listened to episodes. I think it just recently got knocked off for top listened to episode. But Dr. Travis Wyman is probably the most knowledgeable person I've ever talked to about genetics and about, you know, snakes in general from a scientific background. Um, we don't get a lot of people, you know, we're talking to mostly hobbyists and people who just keep animals or breed animals but he comes from a different angle from a very educated angle and it was awesome just talking about some of the mutations some of the um stuff the misconceptions that we hold in the hobby as far as genetics go and kind of dispelling some of that stuff and getting down to the real hard truth so i mean science isn't always fact but it is the pursuit of the truth you know so I think it's really important to take everything into account and dig deep on what, you know, don't just take everything at face value as far as, um, you know, we talked about the palmetto gene. A lot of them had bug eyes or the scaleless gene, stuff like that. So I think it's important to come at uh, genetics with an educated angle when you're investing, you know, so much money in these animals. Next up, we had David from Tiki's Geckos, which is really um a really cool episode because we knew that we wanted to take the podcast in a million different directions as far as um, we didn't want to be one um, group of animals because uh, the group of animals that we keep or that we we know so many Moralia people and obviously Eric and Owen at Moralia Python Radio do it better than us. So why the hell would we just have Moralia people on? So that was really a big one to where we branched out to someone that we may have not known personally. So it was like, we didn't know um, David before we had the interview and stuff like that. And we didn't know much about geckos or anything. And he talked a lot of great stuff about social media and YouTube. And there's a million takeaways from that episode. A big thing that I took away from that episode was actually um, writing better captions for my Instagram pictures. Since I've done that, I've had so much more engagement and so much more success on Instagram, so I owe that to him. It's also important to take things from a different perspective. So just because he's working with geckos and selling geckos, it doesn't mean that that market isn't comparable to the corn snakes, the Moralia, the whatever the hell you're working with, ball pythons. 
it's all the same. I mean, the reptile market is the reptile market and you can take a lot of advice from him and you can't just dispel it and say, yeah, you know, that's for gecko people. Cause that's bullshit because I felt like that was a really far reaching episode that you could take away so many things from. And, um, it was really nice getting to know David and I'm trying to convince him to start a podcast. So if you're listening, do it. I hope this new year is a year where, um, you know, I see new reptile podcasts coming out because the more the merrier, the more people we get listening to podcasts because honestly, not everyone knows about podcasts. So people, if you say, um, I have a podcast, you know, more and more people know what it is, but some people are like, what the hell is that? So the more people we have podcasting on a regular basis, doing it consistently, doing it well, you know, the more people we'll have in our world, whether it be listening to um, Morelia Python Radio, listening to us, listening to David's podcast, listening to whoever's podcast, I don't give a shit because the more people just listen to podcasts in general, we're going to share a lot of listeners and we're going to make this space a little bit bigger for the both of us. Next up, more green trees with Bill Stiegel of Phoenix Reptiles. This is currently vying, I believe, for the top spot as far as downloads and views. Um, I told Dr. Travis Wyman that it was getting close, but he was still in the lead. Bill Stiegel <laughs> took it over, I believe. So I haven't done the exact numbers, but it looks like at least on the downloads, he's about 10 downloads past uh, the Travis Wyman episode. So... um Dr. Travis Wyman was taken over by another doctor, Bill Stiegel, who, if you guys don't know, is an anesthesiologist on the outside. So um, it's kind of interesting because he has a different angle as far as, um, you know, he is someone who has kept green trees for a while. He also keeps ball pythons. He um, does green trees at such a successful level to where, like, people – People always thought that you'd have trouble breeding these kinds of animals in Texas because the warm weather, the lack of temperature swings, and just the temperature is kind of hard to judge here because it's a little all over the place when you come to the winter. But Bill Stiegel has been consistently breeding and hatching out clutches year after year, which is something pretty rare in green tree pythons and um, just a wealth of knowledge on everything green tree pythons. But he's another one of those guys who's like, very humble in the fact that you know these animals call the shots you never know everything and um you know there's so many factors when it comes to green trees we're just learning a bunch of stuff and um so i really he also has gtp keeper radio which he does i believe once a month and um another wealth of knowledge as far as he has like a nidovirus um episode which is a big deal because we're seeing it a lot in green tree collections um, people are kind of panicking, which I don't know if they should be or not, but, um, you know, a lot of people, the Condra community has been really good about talking about that. So he has an awesome episode about the Nido virus and, um, you know, just a great person to talk to and is local and came in and brought a green tree python, a baby green tree python with you guys never seen a baby green tree python when it's perched up. It's about the size of a quarter or a half dollar or somewhere around there really really small animal so it's crazy that he took it out and brought it out for us to see just awesome episode and next up we had eric burke from eb morelia and of course morelia python radio um it was awesome talking to eric because it's kind of like you know him from just listening to the podcast so it was awesome getting to 
um, talk to him, ask him different questions, and really dig deeper into his specific ideas. And because uh, you always hear him asking the questions, so sometimes you want to dig a little bit deeper, wonder about what he's got going on. He's going to try to collect all the python species in the world, which is just outrageous, and it gives me anxiety just to think about it. So he's really going. I believe he said he has three different rooms that he has to keep for, um, you know, to keep proper environments for all these different species. And I just think um, he's someone who is really shot for the stars as far as that goes. And, you know, a lot of us don't really have big ambition, but he definitely thinks a lot bigger. And I think it's influenced me to, you know, maybe think a lot bigger and, go for more and also he's influenced me as far as he does a podcast every week no matter what happens and that's what I want to do um not many people have been consistent with podcasts like I said before he has done it every single week without fail no matter what happens you know that's just something that's so important and he said that someone from um reptile radio back in the day I believe is Larry um, he said that he told him to be consistent. That's the one thing with podcasts. You have to be consistent, which is so true. Um, so Eric took that to heart and one, he's someone who, when he says it, he does it. So I try to be the same way. So it's, you know, I love listening to the radio show. That's where I've gained so much knowledge about these animals. Please check out their radio show, Morelia Python radio. And for all your carpets, I mean, they do even had boa episodes and retake episodes they had ryan on and it seems like we share a lot of guests which is awesome because although it sucks because i said um you know i really want to get brian cusco on the podcast and they had him on like soon as i had that thought that i was like damn it looks like it looks like i'm just having him on because he was on my show but it's like fuck it i'll just have him on anyway because i listen to that episode and then i say i'm gonna make it totally different than you know the way eric and owen did it which you know our styles aren't really the same at all they're much more um probably better to listen to for information wise i'm kind of all over the place and just try to have a conversation and try to have fun and sometimes i'm a little drunk and just ramble about shit so their podcast is definitely a great view on just information about animals how to keep how to breed what makes people successful with animals so please 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 check them out if you don't already uh chances are probably most of you already listen to their radio show so next up is sarah moore from sarah's snake shop she was um, an amazing episode because we don't have many people from the corn snake world come in here, even though we keep mostly corn snakes. Um, it doesn't seem like there's many people who want to put themselves out there in the corn snake world for whatever reason. So, and we're going to have more in the future, by the way, but Sarah really knows a shit ton about genetics. She has really cool projects going on. It was nice to talk to someone who's, you know, experiencing some of the same things as we are because um, we get to bounce ideas off of each other. And um, definitely someone who has um, is willing to answer questions and talk about corn snakes. And it's just super cool to see um, a different point of view also from a female in the, you know, in the snake world, which, you know, for some reason there are, you know, people act differently in the snake world uh, around females. I don't know why, but she is super um intelligent and informed when it comes to corn snakes and working with um, these animals so it was awesome to talk to her and awesome to talk about her halo project 
which is really, really cool. The uh, yellow, basically bringing out the yellow and snows and stuff like that, a yellow enhancing gene or a polygenic lime bread gene, not really 100% sure. So, um, yeah, check out that episode. It was awesome. Next up we had um, – so Melissa really wanted more girls on the podcast, so we um, we ended up having two in a row. So what I had is Megan Kelly from Megaconda. Um, I don't know if there's many – you know, keeping anacondas in captivity podcasts out there. So it was awesome to talk about anacondas, something I don't know anything about. I've never really been interested in keeping them in captivity, but obviously amazing animals in the wild. And I'm always um, interested in things from the Amazon and, you know, giant snakes and stuff like that. So she answers so many questions about keeping these animals in captivity and also breeding them and, you know, about the current market, about the Lacey Act, stuff like that. Stuff that's affected people who breed anacondas, which was super cool. Next up, like I said before, we had Brian Cusco from Triple B. And that was just a fun episode because he's a super cool dude. We talked about all kinds of things. And um, it was just a fun podcast. And um, it was really nice getting to know him. I mean, that was really just a podcast where... I was just talking to him about all sorts of things. We were all over the place. Probably drank a little bit too much on that one, but it was super fun, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, being totally open about a bunch of stuff and you know, just talking about whether it be ball pythons or retics or YouTube, um, you know, all stuff. A lot of these podcasts I do um, first and foremost to, for my own, you know, to kind of get my own thing out of it. So like the Tiki episode, the Brian F Brian Cusco episode, I really went deep on things like social media and YouTube because those are things I'm trying to grow. Those are things they're good at. So I kind of want to, uh, you know, throw out ideas and talk about it because I want to make a better product for you guys, for the people who listen or watch on YouTube, stuff like that. So I thought that was a really cool episode, had a lot of fun. And last and not least, our final guest for our, what is this, 2017 season. Can we call it that? Is it a season? I don't know. It was Ari Flagel of Black Python Project. There is two more days, I believe, to get his shirt. Please check it out. Please help him get to New Guinea and do more research on these animals. These are animals that are very, very rarely kept in captivity. Um... They seem to be pretty elusive in the wild. He hasn't even seen, um, I believe it's 13 trips, he hasn't even seen a male in the wild. All he's seen is nesting females. That is crazy to me. So he hasn't seen anything but nesting females, which is just where the hell are all these other animals? Super elusive. People don't know shit about them. Please, um, you know, assist him on his research over there because it's super important. And once we get people bringing these in captivity, you know, we'll stop the market from captive or from getting eggs in the wild and bringing them in and selling captive hatch babies and stuff like that and wild caughts, which will really help out, you know, our market as far as um, conservation wise. We always want to be responsible when taking animals out of the wild. And what he wants to do is, you know, still have some type of way for the locals to keep their economy as while you know having captive born animals and not taking animals out of the wild so it may be taking a certain amount of eggs um importing them and then taking a certain amount of babies and releasing them back in the wild stuff like that just 
he's trying to pave the way as far as conservation and our hobby. It's so, so important. And, um, you know, his research assists people in captivity who are trying to keep the animals because they are pretty hard to keep. So please check out his work. Check out Project uh, Project Black Python um, and support him any way you can. So now I would just want to talk about uh, the year where we started, where Port City Python started as a company, I guess. I hate calling it that because it's really just an extension of me doing what I want to do as far as, um, you know, I always grew up making videos and I always grew up um, loving snakes or being into crazy hobbies or, you know, designing t-shirts, stuff like that. I grew up doing a lot of that stuff and now, you know, I do it as an adult, as a hobby for now, but something that I would want to turn into a business. So, um, you know, we started this year with about 500 followers on Instagram and I was never really consistent or anything like that. I want to show you kind of with all this information what you can do in a year if you're thinking about um, starting a reptile business or going into uh, reptiles in any way or any business on social media or anything like that. So we started this year with 500 Instagram followers and I did at least one picture a day um, well tagged, well taken, you know, trying to get better and better content, you know, better taking better pictures. My pictures have come a long way from the beginning of when I first started posting them up. So we went from 500 people um, following us on Instagram to over 4,000, which is just kind of mind blowing to me. And then also on YouTube, we started with I believe 50 subscribers. I believe we started, we started this all the Instagram too, I believe in March or April. And then we have grown on YouTube to, let me see. I believe it is 3000 subscribers. So we just hit 3000 subscribers. Um, when I first started YouTube, I thought I was going to do it five to seven days a week. I was hoping to get to 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. But I mean, you got to be patient with this stuff. I know I didn't hit exactly what I wanted to go to uh, to hit. But then again, I had no reference and I didn't do videos as much as I thought I would. Um, it turns out when I did videos five to seven times a week, I was miserable because I had to make content out of nothing. So I wasn't talking about stuff I wanted to talk about. I wasn't making videos I wanted to make because I just had to make a video. And therefore, the quality of the videos was also going down because I was just like, fuck, I just got to get out a video. It doesn't really matter. I need to, you know, hit that five to seven videos a week. So that was a big deal as far as um, learning where I stand as far as, you know, what my limit is and what I want to do as far as YouTube goes. So why is my voice cracking so much? I think I need a drink of water, but I'm trying not to pause because obviously I'm the only one talking into this mic. But here we go. And um, so it was really a big learning curve and I didn't know what to expect. You know, I said 10,000 subscribers, but then again, I had no reference for that number. I don't know how long it takes. You know, some people get a fucking 100,000 subscribers immediately because they just maybe they get lucky in the algorithm or something like that. I don't really know, but um, I'm pretty glad with where we are and I'm happy that, you know, everyone listening and then everyone watching and people commenting and people giving a shit is just crazy to me. So 
I'm just glad people are watching the videos and I want to keep them going and um, keep on putting out content, whether it's podcasts, videos, um, stuff on Facebook, Instagram, even I have a Twitter, even though I don't really do much on that. And then where did I start as far as animals go? Um, I did a bunch of moving around. So I always kept a very, very concentrated collection of just the animals that I knew I could never um, do without. So, you know, things like some of my jungles, my jungle diamond, my olive python, water python, green tree, and uh, a couple corn snakes. And um, this year I decided, hey, I'm really going to go all in just like, you know, everything else you know everything else kind of started this year as far as taking things serious so it's one thing to keep animals for 10 years or whatever you know it really you really need to get serious at some point and be am i gonna take this serious or am i just gonna have fun with it so i want people to buy my animals i don't want to have to you know wholesale animals and do stuff like that i want to be able to have enough customers where i say you know I can deny customers when I know that they're not educated or that they're not really caring or they're doing the wrong thing. I want to say, nah, that's all right. I don't need to sell to you. I can sell to someone else. So part of that is why I do all this shit so that I can have, you know, choices of homes for all these animals because I got so many more animals this year. I, I bought out a collection and I'll tell you the exact details. Um, I got a super, super good deal on that because it was just someone trying to get out of the hobby not out of the hobby, but out of corn snakes. And I knew I wanted to go deep into corn snakes. So um, I bought out an, a collection of adults for $2,500. I paid um, $400 for six months and then an extra 100 randomly throughout that time. So um, I don't have a lot of money, but that is some way you can get started. So I worked out a payment plan where it would work for the both of us. I took the time. I slowly paid it off, and I just paid it off. I believe it was in, like, October or something like that. So I'm just – I started with, you know, a corn snake pair, and then all of a sudden I have 15 pairs, or I have uh, 15 females who are ready to breed. So that's a big jump start in my collection. This is going to be the first year I probably have uh, – you know, if all goes perfect, I'll have over 200 animals. And then also I'll have a couple different species. Um, I did buy a pair of snow hognose this year. So I'm trying to breed snow hognose. Um, those were, I believe, 2014s. And um, I bought them as het snows. Hopefully they're hats. You know, you never really know for sure. But the paperwork, you know, paperwork in quotations checked out. So um I'll be breeding those this year. I'm super excited about that. Hopefully those go. And, um, you know, like all that other corn snake snuff stuff that I said before, I am just uh, super excited for the breeding season to get started. I'm a little bored because everyone's in brumation right now. We have come such a long way since the beginning of the year animal-wise. I'm so excited to see where it takes us. And, um, you know, this is just the beginning. We've gone from zero to 20 and then hopefully at the end of next year, we'll be at 50 and then 70 and then slowly work our way up into our full potential, which I'll probably never reach. But I, you know, just hope to do more and more and produce amazing animals and always be producing amazing content and, um, you know, make this my full time living. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. 
for watching. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever the hell you celebrate. Thank you, guys. And I hope you have a great new year. And if you're thinking about doing anything, just do it. Please just do it. I'll, I mean, this is a time where no one else is working, no one else. You know, you may have off from work, stuff like that. It's time to get those thoughts rolling, get the ball rolling on what you're going to do for the new year. Make some... Um, I don't want to say resolutions, but I guess resolutions and follow through on them. I almost forgot to tell you guys about the Christmas present debacle from Melissa. So Melissa said, I'm going to give you $150. Pick an animal. Pick something like that for your Christmas present. I know uh, she knows she can't pick you know, something that particular because I'm super particular about that stuff. She said, give you $150. I found a pair of Christmas Mountain Baird's Rat Snakes. So what I did is I went on the website, I purchased them, and I heard nothing for two days. So I was just kind of like, what the hell, maybe I'll give them a couple you know, days to reach out to me. And then I reached out to them, no answer, reached out again, reached out in a different place. Eventually got an email back a few hours, uh, you know, like a day after I wrote it, maybe uh, 10 hours after I wrote it or something like that, saying, oh, sorry, we sold the pair and forgot to take it off our website that sucks um kind of shows you a little bit of how the reptile business works not everyone's got their uh, shit i mean not there's not many companies that have their shit completely figured out so i mean i want to be you know that's my motivation going forward is making reptiles more legitimate as far as a business and a hobby and stuff like that you know i want to take it very, very serious and especially with customers and stuff like that because a lot of times you get shorted by all types of people doing all types of things. Um, that's not really a dig on the company I ordered it from. I'm not going to say who I ordered it from. It's not a big deal, but um, you know, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. But so uh, with that $150, I did find an amazing enclosure, which I have a video on my YouTube channel about my green trees enclosure. Um, I found a perfect 24 by 24 by 30 arboreal enclosure with perches and everything like that. So I went over to um, this guy's house, you know, an older guy, probably in 60s, uh, and uh, check out this enclosure and then slowly we get to talking about stuff and he's like yeah yeah I had um you know eyelash vipers in this before because I had you know this arb arboreal cage perfect for an adult green tree um did you have a green tree in here before an emerald anything like that he's like yeah I've had uh I had eyelash vipers in here so I was like okay that's cool and then eventually gets into the fact that he's been bit four times with them by them because he free handles them and he is um quote immune to their venom now very very interesting um obviously the bites swell a lot and obviously guys don't fucking free handle a venomous snake that's what i wanted to tell him but you know i just humor it because the fact is you know do whatever the hell you want just i mean it's not a big deal if it's an eyelash viper but if you had an allergic reaction to that snake and you get you die or something like that. That is just a big black spot on the hobby. Please don't do that. So I was like, oh, do you have any hots that are still here? And so he brought out a speckled rattlesnake. I took a picture of it. You can see that on my Instagram. And um, the first thing I do whenever I go to new places is I kind of, um, this is kind of why I hate being in crowds because I'm always looking around me to be too ex you know, just get the full, full picture of everything. It's probably stems from 
you know, like the military and shit like that. But I'm always looking at things and, um, you know, I noticed he had, you know, like ammunition on his table. Like it said Ruger nine millimeter. So I knew he had like weapons and stuff. And I was just a little, um, that's not out of the norm we are in Texas, but, um, I was a little on guard. Like if I, off of Craigslist, especially in uh, reptiles, you end up in a bunch of sketchy situations and meet really sketchy people. So that was always going through my mind. Like, um, if I have to get out of here, how do I get out of here? If I have to try and fucking, I don't know, neutralize this guy to use <laughs> some type of fucking uh, military or police term or some shit. Like, can I? And, um, I was freaking out a little bit, but, and then he takes, he's like, yeah, I got a, um, desert horned viper as well. I was like, yeah, sweet. Let's see that. And he brings it into the living room in his hand, just holding it fucking just being ridiculous. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've been bit by this one. I've been bit by that one. I've been bit by this and this, like, why would you keep on free handling snakes after that? makes no sense to me um this was one of my most not even most interesting craigslist um encounter but just um be careful out there people when you get things off of craigslist i tried to meet in a neutral place but with this enclosure it was a little bit too big and stuff to do that but the guy ended up being really cool and telling me all about all different kinds of things of hots and uh you know, reptiles and then went on a nice, uh, Texas rant about how, uh, kids aren't disciplined this, these days and everything, which is really awkward because, you know, I'm 25 and he's like 70. So I don't know if he's talking to me. He's like kids these days. Well, I kind of am those kids these days to, you know, he's like when I was in school, we got paddled and shit like that. And I was like, well, I definitely didn't. And that's interesting. And he was saying, you know, that's what we need in schools today and stuff. And it made it really awkward. So um, that's a little bit on my adventure, getting the green tree enclosure. But I really, really like this enclosure. It's super cool. Um, I'm glad to. It has a radiant heat panel with uh, two perches. I got a bunch of foliage and stuff. I just fed the green tree last night. And he ate after just being in there for a couple days. And um, I'm really excited to get um, next. I need a cage for my olive python probably a six foot cage and um, i'm excited to move everybody up and um, this is a good time of year when i'm not feeding all the colubrids and stuff like that to put some more money and upgrading some caging and working on the husbandry for the other animals because corn snakes are so easy to keep but um you need to kind of keep up as far as i have uh, some pythons that are growing uh, that aren't exactly adult age yet and I need to put them in new enclosures. So this is a time for me to focus on that. And that being said, I believe that's about it. And uh, I will catch you guys. I believe it will be the second week of January, whatever the first Monday is in January. That's not uh, maybe the first is a Monday or something like that. I don't know, but we will catch you then once again. Thank you so much. And Good luck this season and everything you got going on. We will see you then.